Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Sawbones, America Tour, Misguided Medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I turned my chair around because I thought we'd connect more and you'd cheer for me louder. It didn't work out that time. Uh, hi, everyone. Hello, and welcome to Atlanta. <laughs> Unless you already live here, then, you know. We've, we have spent a lot of time here in Atlanta mm-hmm. and Georgia. Uh, of course, we've done, this is our third, I think, uh, show I here. And yes. just here, yes. specifically at the Cobb. Uh, and we, we love coming to Atlanta, not just because it is one of the few direct flights we can get from West Virginia. That's huge. That's huge, though. But that's, I mean, that's big. But, like, but we also just love coming here. It's the home of the CDC, so, yeah. I mean. And big there, fan. And big I'm going to just go ahead and say it, the best aquarium in the country. That is very true. Sorry. Sorry. Now they're making it, it, it bigger. Uh, which is great because yeah. I mean, sorry, the best. So sorry about every other aquarium. <laughs> Just give up and stop trying. Were you going somewhere with this, or no? I didn't. I didn't you were talking about the aquarium getting bigger. I didn't know where. You, yeah, yeah, I don't know what they're going to put there. We're not talking about. I tried fish. to get Cindy to talk to me about what she thought was going to go there, and I. She said probably fish. <laughs> she said it'd be weird for them to put land stuff there. <laughs> And I try to engage her about what the relative size of the fish that will go there would shark be. Shark is what and they're saying. Yeah. Are you the, the aquarium? people are saying sharks. <laughs> I hope it's sharks too, person there. I hope it is sharks as <laughs> well. The rad. They're capitalizing on the baby sharks. Okay, you know. Yeah, we're going to have some baby sharks in there. Yeah. Um, but we've done all your sightseeings at this point. Yes, we. Uh, when I, whenever we go somewhere on the road, we like to try to do a topic that is somehow relevant to the area where we are. And it gets harder when we keep coming back to the same place to mm-hmm. find new, interesting things to talk about. So I reached out to a friend of mine who's from Atlanta, and I was like, "Hey, Carolyn, you got any thoughts?" Like, and and she had some ideas. Her parents actually gave her some ideas, which is where our topic came from this time. Um, but I'm not, I was a little nervous because Carolyn also suggested that my 18-month-old and my five-year-old, who are not allowed to drink soda, would very much like the world of Coke. 
And we did, we did that today, and it was super cool. We liked it. Yes. But it's really hard to take your kids to what, what Charlie kept calling a soda park. <laughs> and then say, but you can't drink that. You can't. It's that. just for mommy and daddy. <laughs> Yeah, on the on the plus side, my 18-month-old is now addicted to a Honduran grape soda. <laughs> and I was like, well, I didn't want to be that person while you're out going, does this have caffeine? Is Excuse this, me. Ca- is that one? Never Excuse mind. me, does the Japanese Fanta with the cucumber in it have caffeine? <laughs> it was great, though. It was great. It was we love Coke. Uh, but that's not what we're going to talk. We already did that show here. Yeah. We're going to talk about hydrotherapy, which... It's weird we've never talked about this before because it's, it's like a huge chunk of medicine for a long time was like, I don't know, water? <laughs> but it's especially relevant because of Warm Springs, Georgia, which is not too far away, uh, which was a big, I was going to say hot spot, and that feels like a... I love that. That's so that, good. Very punny. I don't know about that. Uh, which was a popular attraction if you needed to take the waters for healing purposes, for medicinal purposes. So popular, of course, that FDR was a fan. And we'll get to that, but I wanted to start with the beginnings of why did we start thinking that, like, a bath, which is great. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to preface with that. I love baths. (laughs) I love hot tubs. But why did we think that they were good for medicine? And that probably starts with the fact that humans figured out, I would assume pretty early, that water was important. To drink to live. Like, for living purposes. We, we know that. And, and it's, I love reading articles about this stuff because everybody's like, we know that because humans tended to cluster around rivers and lakes and oceans to build their towns. And it's like, well, also, we had to drink it to live. Right. We know that because there are still humans. So we piece <laughs> we, this together. Water good. So we... We figured that out pretty early on, that water was important. And, and because it was so important, it began to take on this kind of, like, mystical, like, supernatural, super important quality that obviously became connected with life itself. And so you can see where that would, that would be an, a natural route for it to become a medicine of sorts. Um, in Mesopotamia, the doctor was called Azu, which was uh, which translates to roughly the water connoisseur. Oh, which is kind of cool. <laughs> you think uh, water? Somebody being a water connoisseur is a cool. Well, kind of a cool thing. I mean, kind nobody calls me a connoisseur of anything. That's not so. true. You're a connoisseur of soup. <laughs> I get, if I need advice on what soup to have or uh, like what soups is best, I go to you hands down every time. Um, Hippocrates was the first one (laughs) I'm just not going to comment on that (laughs) Yeah, you kind of Everybody I think in the room kind of thought You would name something that I know about Uh I think that's what we're all kind of waiting for And I know, no, 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 no no, no, Don't do it now The ship has sailed Please go on with your lecture, Dr. McElroy Cereal well, that's cereal. a gimme, Sydney. I mean, I, but I think everybody knows that, right? Uh, I did a podcast a about cereal. it. It doesn't count. If I already did a podcast about it, Sid. Even before, though. Yeah, that's fair. Always. Yeah. Even from when we were younger. Yeah. I always knew you knew everything about cereal. Well, thank you, Sydney. Yeah. I appreciate that. I don't know what Hippocrates knew about cereal, but I know that he loved water. And... <laughs> 
and he wrote extensively about the all of the uses for water. <laughs> like you can get in it. <laughs> you you can, can't get in it. You can put it in you. You can put it in you. You can dump it on you. You can wipe it on you. You can wrap yourself in rags soaked in it. Put it in a bucket above a door jam. That's an <laughs> afternoon of hilarity for you and your friends. He wrote a book. Uh, one of his works was called On Airs, Waters, and Places. <laughs> Which I just love as a connection. Like, what are you going to title this? I don't know. I wrote about some air, and I wrote about some water, and then some places. Sounds like an in the title of an Inya album. <laughs> So he talks a lot there about like what what is water good for, and some of it seems really obvious. Like they knew that water like washed stuff off, because you can see that. So that was easy. And so the thought was, well, it's really good for for washing off impurities or toxins or or whatever the thought was. Whatever's making you sick, we could just douse you in water and maybe we can make it go away. And that that kind of makes sense. And especially for cleaning wounds, we figured that out pretty early. Like that cut looks pretty dirty wash it <laughs> then it's clean which excellent is, which is pretty good for medicine uh but he took it a step further i mean at that point or at any point sometimes but he took it a step further and he said there are different temperatures of water of course and they can be used for different purposes so really hot water would be good for like your muscles or your joints, you would want to sit in a tub of super hot water if your muscles were sore, which again, none of this sounds like, oh, okay, yeah, that well, sounds nice. Um, if the problem was your stomach, if you have some constipation or some indigestion or anything like that, then you want to sit in a tub of warm water. Don't go for the hot, that's too much. Then you want to stick with the warm. If you have a fever or some kind of inflammation, you could sit in a tub of cool water. And then there was like the cold water plunge, which was reserved for like, if you just need a little pep in your step, mm -hmm. you know, like some vim and vigor. And it was very specific. Like you gotta be, don't, don't let kids do this. It will make them, they'll have too much energy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's don't let your kids get in cold water. Don't take them to the world of Coke. Those are the two things. <laughs> Uh, and there were, and beyond, beyond this, and so it was kind of like a nerve tonic or something to stimulate you, a cold water plunge. But beyond the temperature changes, they also, Hippocrates wrote about all different kinds of baths that you could take. So you could take like a whole body bath, which would just be like a bath, you know. We call that a bath these we days. We call that a bath. It's uh, troubling that they had to come up with a name for that, a separate name for that kind of bath. It's like a bath. Uh, or you could take like a foot bath. You could probably figure that one out. Uh, or like a sits bath, which is not because you just sits in it, which is how I always <laughs> would explain it to pe like patients. Like, you want to take a sits bath, you just sits in it. <laughs> it's like a bath. It's for the down, down there. <laughs> okay, but, but why is it called sits then? It's like name for somebody. So you're but. telling me that the person who came up with the, sitting in the bath was not stoked. Like, oh, I got the name. Oh, and you hear it. This is so good. I've been sitting in this bath for two days. God, I hope this works. This is going to be so funny if <laughs> this works. That really is. It's just like, a, I mean, and I guess, you know what's funny? It's like a whole body, a whole bath, like, an, like a bath is also kind of a sits bath. 
Yeah, Sid. <laughs> I guess. Like the Venn diagram of sits baths is like inside, you know? You're like, basically talking about depth, every, right? Well, no, every sits bath, no, every whole every bath, bath is a sits, sits bath. bath. Anyway. What about but a not sits? every sits bath is a whole bath. You could also have the compressive bath, which is when you like, <laughs> you've got to soak towels in the water too and wrap them around the whatever parts of your body you happen to be concerned about. And then you can also sit in the tub, but like you've got to have compression as part of it. And then there was something called a foment, which really just meant like a medicinal bath, which all of them were, but it was just another word for if you used really warm waters on a specific part of the body that was like wounded or had like something that, an abscess that needed to open and drain. Um, that could be called a foment or if you, or this could also be like warmed lotions. Mm, nice. We don't, we don't really do that anymore. Sounds nice. Yeah. No, I mean, that all sounds really, I mean, you can imagine why this was easy to like sell people on like, yeah, okay, I'll take a bath. Well, at this point in time, we were so dumb about medicine, like just having something we knew didn't actively kill us <laughs> made it medicinal in a sense. And the general idea is bathing was part of the Hippocratic regimen for balancing your humors. Mm. So you have four humors. We don't, but he, we thought you did for a long time. <laughs> and you got to keep them all balanced in order to maintain health. And along with like, I mean, most of the Hipp Hippocratic stuff was just like, eat a good diet, get plenty of exercise, get a good night's sleep, and bathe regularly. Hmm. Good rules to live yeah, by. Yeah, and you'll keep your humors in balance. Um, but it was also good for when you were sick. And it was recommended for everything. If you have a nosebleed, we got a bath for that. If you have a fever, we got a bath for that. If you have a, one of the indications was worn out body. I hear that. We got Agreed. a bath. Agreed. Um, but you had to be careful. Just like with any medicine, there are side effects. So if you have a fever and you take a warm bath, you're going to make it worse. Uh, you can actually induce something like constipation or indigestion if you take a cold bath. So you have to be careful. Baths are very powerful. Do you ever get worried about people like editing these out for clips on Facebook or something like that? Like <laughs> prominent physician Sidney McElroy <laughs> says that taking a bath can give you constipation. <laughs> then it's just that quote. Please don't do that. <laughs> Hopefully somebody would Google more than that. Like, when did she say, oh, she doesn't matter. Yeah, that sounds like podcast. 2019. That sounds about right. Well, sounds like how people yeah. would do it. Nobody's going to be shocked. Hold on, I, that doesn't sound right. I'm going to look into it more to find out the truth of it. Yeah, that sounds right. I have judgment. I'm going to use it. <laughs> Unlikely. And these were all different, by the way, like, I'm talking about hydrotherapy, which was just like water Water is therapy, water is for medicinal purposes. But then there was like specifically balneotherapy, which was bathing for medi medical purposes. And there was like different, depending on what kind of water you use, like you could call it uh, thalassotherapy if it was for seawater. Mm. <laughs> Taking a bath in the ocean, you could just call it that, but you're just in the ocean. And there were all, these were all different too. Like Hippocrates wrote about, now if you're in, you know, a river, Here's what that's good for. And if it's fresh water, as opposed to if you're in seawater, that's different. And if the water comes up from, you know, like a natural spring, that was a whole other, other medicinal value as well. Okay. I okay. don't believe you it. Agree. 
I don't no, buy any of it. No, no, I'm just saying, like, this was... I think they were showing off because they were so excited to find one thing that wasn't openly poisonous. <laughs> like, just and, all kinds of different cool ways to take baths, like... Well, and when they got into the specific, like, the... When they started talking about thermal springs, natural springs, water arising from the earth, that it's nice and has minerals and feels good. When they started to get into that stuff, that's where our, our old buddy, Pliny the Elder, really shines. Yes. In this story, because everybody was recommending, like, you know, for, for this specific illness, you might want to go check out one of these springs. And he was like, well, listen... I'm going to write this book called Natural History in which I document all things on earth that, that exist. All, all plants, all animals, all rocks, all rivers, all things I'm going to write about. And I'm going to include in there a list of every spring I know about and what it's good for or what it's bad for. And so you could go to book two, chapter 106, called The Wonders of Fountains and Rivers. <laughs> and he has just listed all these, and it's, and it's so specific, because he's like, now this one has frogs. That's bad. Don't go to the one that has frogs. This one's really good for wounds. This one isn't, but it tastes like wine all year round. <laughs> Why did we even make Yelp after this? We have all we need. We have That's really what it was. <laughs> he, he had one. He was like, now, there are three over here that will inevitably produce death, but without pain. Oh, that's nice to know. That's convenient. <laughs> and then there was another one that he said, now, this one, if you, if you bathe in this one, you will utter wonderful oracles but it will also shorten your life. Okay. Okay. I Read wish you, to the end. Wish, yeah, put that up front next time, Plenty. So, so that's like, a, you would think like that chapter, would, it would be outside of natural, like everybody would be like, did you see the list of springs? That was wild. Have, has that? anybody else like did heard you see that, old, that weird old man made a whole list of all the different springs that can kill you? <laughs> and now he's selling it to people. For real. Uh, so... Throughout the ancient world, I mean, I've focused a lot on, on Greece and, and Rome, and the Romans were famous for their baths. I don't think it is shocking. We've talked a lot about the Roman baths, and also they were kind of dirty, like, because there was all the dead skin floating in them, and people would, be, people would eat in them. Anyway, <laughs> they were kind of dirty. But uh, That's but, why people started peeling grapes, because they're like, ugh, no thank you. I'm not eating the outside of this grape. <laughs> I don't think they were also floating in the bath. <laughs> Come on. No, I wasn't there. Imagine how opulent that would look if you just saw a bunch of bunch of purple boys coming your way. <laughs> Tell me you wouldn't be stoked. <laughs> Hephaestus, pass the carrots on down this way. <laughs> just uh, float a bunch down there. Here they come. Swim out um. to get them. <laughs> the medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that... no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky 
podcasting superstar? I don't think I was going Squarespace, to. Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool. Think of it as the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts. And that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box? Pre-prepared? All I got in two minutes? I'm eating filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes smoothies they got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious and the meals you just eat and eat there's no prepping cooking or cleanup get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week you're going to get exactly what you want no surprises here uh and the meals i can say are delicious so what do you got to lose head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones 50 and use code Sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code Sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash Sawbones50 to get 50% off. Now, through, so so really throughout a lot of the ancient world, it was very common, like baths were an important part of not just for medicinal uses, for, for relaxation and leisure and for like doing business and commerce. And, you know, the baths were a big part of your life. And then the Middle Ages happened. Uh-oh. And long story short, everybody just stopped bathing. And the whole hydrotherapy idea was kind of lost for a while. That's the Middle Ages, folks. The age we got nasty. <laughs> Everything not only stopped, it went backwards for a little bit. They were like, eh, we'll pick it back up later. That's, that's really, as I was looking through this, I was like, I can't find a lot for hydrotherapy in the Middle Ages. Like, what happened? Like, because there are all these texts written about it. Like, this is what baths are good for and the different baths and all this. And then, like, nobody's doing it. And it's because nobody was taking a bath for years at a time sometimes. People weren't bathing. So the it, Middle it Ages really was matter. The Middle Ages was like humanity's spring break. <laughs> we're like we're just gonna we're just gonna take off for a little while. We're not gonna put too much pressure on ourselves. We'll come back to it in a few centuries. And start trying to move things forward again. 
And eventually we did. Eventually in the Renaissance, people started to kind of uncover some of these, these other, these old texts and like read about bathing. And there begin to be some ideas that like, oh, maybe we should, hmm. maybe we should bathe. Did you read this? <laughs> did you? Look at this. <laughs> Look at on this, this thing. On this dusty old book. It says we're nasty. <laughs> That's weird. There was a, a book, <laughs> De Thermos, published by uh, Bocci. I prefer it to Lunchbox. <laughs> I know you so well that I didn't know that was coming, but I knew that was coming. Yeah. See, that's two things you're a connoisseur of. <laughs> you? Me. <laughs> I'm a connoisseur of Justin McElroy's, and I can tell you, this one's the best. <laughs> One of us is a very competent reporter in Vancouver, though. He's a good actor. So it... it contained 78 different conditions that might benefit from baths, which was like a great way of bringing baths back into fashion. Cause it's like, hey, nobody's bathing, but did you know if you have any one of these 78 illnesses, a bath might help you out. Uh, and, then, and then that also introduced like beyond just bathing, like we should also have drinking cures, which means drink water. Which is, I mean, that's never bad advice. Um, but this, this book, this specific, like, view of it took it a step further and was like, now, listen, though, for all of these drinking and bathing cures, you need to do it for 15 days straight, once a year, and you have to pair it with a quiet, orderly life in pleasant surroundings with good food and wine and maximum of comfort. Mm. Just like, yeah, great if you can get it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it sounds excellent for sure. I don't know who is like, no, I won't. Mm. <laughs> I don't want any of that. And so as this interest uh, sprung up in bathing, and a lot of this was also like, it wasn't okay to be naked even with yourself for a while. <laughs> you know, from like a moral standpoint. Then we were all like, oh, it's good to be naked again. <laughs> we're okay with the nudity once again. And as people got more comfortable with like, I can be nude and bathe, um, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, and maybe it's medicinal, that's cool too. And I like the way I smell a little more now. Uh, then you started seeing some like bathing centers spring up around Europe and like you could go and, and it was like prescribed by a doctor, like hit the bathing center, take a bath. <laughs> Relax, enjoy yourself, but take a bath. But it was all very serious. It was like a very um, don't just don't just flippantly take a bath. Well, it was it was a, it was a very like scientific approach to it. Like this is very important. This is something we have neglected, and we're going to welcome back into our medical practice is is bathing. And this because this kind of changes as we move into the 1800s when things really take off. Because like just taking a bath isn't very sexy, but then if you can pair taking a bath with like we'll go to the baths and it will be a luxurious spa-like experience where like we we hang out in the mineral waters and we get like massages and like inhale like you know water vapor that is scented and there are herbal things and then we'll have like dances also and good food and good drinks so like you start to see that in the 1800s it starts to move past this like purely it's for medical purposes and into, like, fun times. Ah, uh, yeah. 
I got you now. And it's funny because if you look at like the the people who were like at, who were spearheading this movement, the first guy who kind of started the the what we think about as like the modern hydrotherapy movement, which really started in the 1800s, uh, Vincent uh, Preissnitz, his perspective was not this. His idea was what we can do is throw people in a really cold bath and it's going to put their body into something called a crisis. <laughs> and Not this a is good, good start. Yeah. Oh, it's a good crisis. It's a good crisis. Okay. Because the water is going to get down in all those little cracks and crevices all over your body where all the secret dirt's hiding. Okay. <laughs> all the secret impurities. It's a crisis for dirt. It's a crisis for all the, yeah, not just dirt, but like all those secret things that we don't know what they're named yet, they're germs. But we're going to get the water down in there, and then it's all going to come bubbling out. He thought his pus was the plan. And then once we have produced this crisis, then you are clean, you're cleansed, you're clean. (laughs) And so that was the initial, like, that's what he tried to introduce. And his his ideas were based on his own experiences. He saw when he was younger, this wounded deer in the woods that kept going to this, this is the story, I don't know, that kept going to this pond and like dipping its little wounded hoof or leg or whatever into the pond. And it got better, the deer got better. The deer lives in this story. Don't worry. And he saw that. And so when he was a little older, he got run over by a cart because that kind of thing. Wait, the deer? No, the human, Vincent. I didn't see that coming. That's the kind of thing that happened in the 1800s. Sometimes you got run over by a cart. Cart accidents. And then he had a bunch of ribs crushed and the doctors were like, that will never heal. And he was like, no, I saw this deer. You don't understand. So he soaked bandages in water and just kept wrapping his chest with these bandages soaked in water, and he got better. And he was like, I'm opening a clinic. (laughs) And he opened this clinic to do his water crisis on people. And it was so popular, but it was not, I mean, it was, it wasn't, this was not the luxurious spa-like thing yet. This was like, here are my clinics. You come, you get in the cold water, uh, you you drink water, you do exercise, you eat beef jerky, and you'll get better. Nice. (laughs) Sounds bracing. I know. (laughs) Is that like what, like P90X or like? That's what P90X is. is (laughs) That's like, that's it. That's what P90X is. Mystery solved. <laughs> but like, so this was the, this is what he created. And at this point you could, he was like the first hydropathist. There was this whole movement of like, we are hydropathists. We practice hydrotherapy. Come get in our cold baths and eat beef jerky and you'll be strong again. <laughs> and this, his protege, Sebastian Neep was like, I love it. This is so cool. I love everything you're doing, except let's make it fun. <laughs> And this was probably, as, as it's noted repeatedly, like he had no medical background, by the nice. way. This guy had no medical training. He was not a doctor. Of he course. didn't go to any kind of whatever was passing for medical school at the moment. He didn't do that. He was just like, I love the water thing, but let's make it more like massages and herby, <laughs> you know, just kind of like a chill time. And let's forget about all the jogging and the beef jerky is not going over so well. Let's forget about that. And it was this 
movement of this was the the hydrotherapy that made its way to the U.S. I mean, this made sense because like this was the tradition that was happening in Europe that went from like this cold water plunge to these wonderful hot bath massage experiences. Um, and especially if you could find one around a thermal spring, because then you already, you have these natural spring waters, you don't have to create a bath, you just go build a whole resort around it and create a luxury experience. And that's where we see as it moved into the, into the U.S., especially by the 1850s, the concept of taking the waters, which was very much something that like the elite mainly were doing. If you had the money, you would go to one of these, one of these mineral springs, one of these spas, and you would get like mud wraps and massages. And I mean, it was, it was all a very luxury, luxury experience, which was sort of based in medicine because doctors were still prescribing this. Doctors were still saying, listen, there is a mineral spring out there for every disease on earth. We just don't know which one matches whatever you have. And we also don't really know what you have yet. But, <laughs> but if you just go around and get in springs, one of them is going to do it. One. Yeah, you'll find the right spring for you. And if you had the money and the time, I guess, and you have to like a you have to get a boat if you're going to leave. Sorry. But what? anyway, <laughs> you mean transport? If you could transport. Okay, got it. Yeah, there's lots of things you have to think. Child care, somebody has to watch the dogs. Like, why are we planning this for them? Well, I'm just thinking about the logistics. But anyway, you could travel around until you found the thermal spring of your dreams that would cure the disease that nobody could diagnose or did or got wrong. Was the idea, was it kind of the, that uh, appeal to ancient wisdom thing of like, we know people used to do this a very long time ago, mm -hmm. so it must be good. Yes, Yes, this, these are the treatments of the ancients. Mm. Hippocrates wrote about these treatments. It's very real. So confusing when that argument happens in medicine. It's so wild. They knew nothing. <laughs> you have to understand. If someone says the, something worked uh, 2,000 years ago, it doesn't. It just doesn't categorically. You can just ignore it. They didn't know anything. So <laughs> as these ancient ideas took root in the U.S., uh, we saw the, all of these, there were over like 200 different places in the U.S. that were thermal spring type places that were doing this and like advertising, come, please give us your money and we'll give you a massage and you can hang out in the mineral waters. Poster design also left a lot to be desired <laughs> back then. Uh, obviously, a, a very famous one was John Harvey Kellogg's Battle Creek Sanatorium where he was doing lots of other stuff we're not fans of. No. no. There was the cereal too, but there's. The cereal part is fun. <laughs> the other stuff isn't. <laughs> but also in Georgia, in Warm Springs, which was initially named Bullockville, which was not as attractive, I think, if you're trying to sell the springs. Right. You name, you name the town after the springs. But it had. It That's had why we're currently springs. doing this show in Coke City. <laughs> That gotcha, huh? <laughs> you got your funny bone. That, uh, I don't know if you know, that means, that could mean something else. Yeah. I didn't know if you realized that when you said oh, that. Oh, man. Coca-Cola is going to be so upset when they find out. <laughs> what a shock that will be to them. There was a guy standing, I just have to say, there's a guy standing at the doors we were walking into the world of Coke today who was asking us if we were Pepsi spies. <laughs> True. True story. <laughs> 
I just really appreciated that. Yeah, I like that. We're Get not. into the experience. I love it. I'm not a Pepsi spy. No. I won't drink Brad's drink. That's what it used to be called. It's called Brad's drink. No Brad's drink. Uh, but, but obviously, Bullockville had all these warm springs, and they were just missing a great opportunity to change their name. And so uh, long before, obviously, the, the 1850s and, and eventually as we move into the 1900s and with the polio epidemic and FDR making this location famous, long before that, there were all kinds of people going to these naturally occurring springs and enjoying them and touting their medicinal benefits. So like this was already well established. There was already a big resort there since like the 1830s and in the 1890s bigger places had been built and so this was well established as like we have these great mineral springs and you should all come check them out and so in the 1920s that's when FDR first came to Warm Springs and in hopes that it would help him with and and I don't want to get into this we have a whole episode on polio but it's been debated did did FDR actually have polio did he have a polio like illness either way he was suffering from symptoms that seemed a lot like polio and he was hoping that the warm waters of the natural springs would would help him and he felt like he got such great results from bathing in these warm springs that that's when we see that the Roosevelt Warm Springs Institute for Rehabilitation was eventually opened and they you know warm springs became famous they changed their name in this time period too, which made sense. And they became famous for having these therapeutic springs, which I guess you can still, you can't go bathe in the springs now, but you can still go like check out the place and look at everything. If you're look interested. at some springs? Well. You should get a hobby. <laughs> if that's your afternoon, I think going to look at the springs, you should. All the, from all the websites I've looked at about warm springs, it looks like a lovely place though. We keep saying it's like a, it has a warm heart and warm springs. That you can't get in because they poison. No, they don't, no, they're not poison. I just don't think they're like for public use. The rich, you mean the idle rich? No. Uh, they become a anyway. playground for the idle rich. Just say it. No, I don't think that. No, I think they're still used for like therapeutic purposes. All right, yeah. then. Anyway, I'll Google so, it later. Don't worry. <laughs> Because of FDR and the Warm Springs, there was still, it took a while for this interest in hydrotherapy and it's, it's our hope about its benefits to kind of die out. As we move, especially after the Second World War, there were so many more medical advances made and different ways of treating things that it kind of started to fall out of favor. And it just wasn't, it was kind of like, yeah, if you want to do this thing, that would be kind of fun if you got the money and this is how, it's like a, it be, they became more like a spa idea. Like this is a cool, fun thing to do, but we, we have real medicine now. So you don't have to do that for all your illnesses. Doctors weren't prescribing it. But it does like, I think it's, it makes sense. It, the fact that we still do it today without, most of us, at least, without illusions of its medicinal benefit. I think it kind of shows you how we got to that point, right? Mm -hmm. Because we knew so little that if something felt good and rejuvenating, and like we had to assume it was medicinal, right? Like, oh, that felt good. That, that's probably medicine, right? <laughs> well, and if that, it, your options were that, or like, can I cut you open and bleed you? <laughs> right, I will take the bath, thank you. I'll have the bath. Um, or here's this medicine that'll make you puke. Do you want that? We were very good at that. Or laxatives. 
Yeah. Yeah, the bath still wins. The bath still wins. Um, unless it's the bath that kills you. Unless you're really, unless you're really constipated, you might choose the laxative. Yeah. Uh, is there, I wondered, is there evidence for this? Because we've been doing it since, I mean, almost since there were humans. We've been prescribing baths. And uh, I started to look for studies. There was one that I really enjoyed that was done about a decade ago that looked at, like, the Roman baths in Bath in England. Uh, and were they, they supposedly were really successful at treating lead poisoning there and the symptoms that arose from lead poisoning. Uh, and so they were kind of looking into these cases as to, like, did, did they really cure people with, like, bathing in these baths? And so what they would do is that they would come and they'd get them in the baths. You would definitely spend a lot of time in the bath. They'd give them a really good diet and then some other, like, medical treatments of the day, like, like I said, kind of stuff to make you throw up. And you would stay there until you got better. And they said that 45% were cured and 93% improved as they were staying at the baths for their lead poisoning. Justin, can you guess why I think they probably actually got better? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little bit of spaghetti at the wall. You just kind of make facial expressions, mm -hmm. and then I'll edit it later. Uh huh. Uh huh. They were drinking a lot of water, and they peed out the lead. No, I should I should note now these people didn't necessarily live in Bath. They like came from their homes where they got lead poisoning, and went to Bath, and got better. The lead was at their house. They. <laughs> So, and the <laughs> ding ding ding, you got it. Yeah. That and the authors noted that. Re like, rest they, easy, knowing you're the only three thousand people that will ever hear the first part. <laughs> and the, the authors noted that, like you know, they also remove them from the source of poisoning, which is very important when one is being poisoned. <laughs> Stop poisoning them. That's and, that's and they might step get better. one. Uh, so, but I don't know. We, we also, we went to bath and I, we drank the water and then I got pregnant. So, so. but, but, but same day also went to Stonehenge. So you tell me, I don't know. Uh, otherwise there've been some small studies that have suggested that, that, you know, a therapeutic bath, especially like warm water baths, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a mineral spring, it could just be a warm bath, can be helpful for things like osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis and ankylosing spondylitis, other conditions that can, that can have a lot of pain, and that it can be helpful with managing the pain. There are small studies, uh, it, it's not conclusive, but I would say that when we're talking about things like pain management, that makes sense, and certainly you're not going to hurt anybody by telling them to take some baths, and if it decreases the need for other treatments, then, you know, it can be helpful. But at this point, I would say that if you look at a hot tub website, I went, <laughs> I looked at a, 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 somebody who was trying to sell me a hot tub. I looked at, a, at their website, just out of curiosity, like, are people using this to try to sell hot tubs? Because you could. And it is. There's so many websites for hot tubs where you find, like, a whole section on hydrotherapy. And, like, telling you that like it increases the blood flow in your body and it will relieve your joint stiffness and all your aches and pains it will ease your cold symptoms it will assist with hypertension it won't right it and won't. it will get rid of your headaches and and i just thought it was wild that it's a hot tub website 
<laughs> Who's taking medical advice from a hot tub website? I listen. I'm not consult your physician are... or your hot tub salesman about whether hot tub is right for you. So I don't uh, know. <laughs> but hey, listen. If you don't want your hot tub, send it my way. Um, you can still use water for cleaning out wounds. It's still good for that. It's good for like irrigating things and for burns. Sometimes there are some other places for water. But, yeah, no, um, water's cool. We're all agreed on great. that, right? Drink you more should, of it. Yeah, drink more drink water. More we all need more, and um, you can take baths. But um, I, yeah. thanks for having <laughs> us, Atlanta. We appreciate being here. Uh, that's going to do it for us. So until next time, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. <laughs> Org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.